Hey, hey, everyone. Good day. Thank you for joining us. It's time for your Wednesday interview right here on GFBS. Grand Fork's best source. I'm Dale Coolis, pinch hitting for John Roberts today. He's away on assignment. We are about to be joined by Carmen Hansen and Jasmine Wangen of Safe Kids Grand Forks. But before we get to them, today's show is brought to you by Moe's Cafe. They are a sit-down, one-of-a-kind diner just located down the hall from us in the Grand Cities Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from 7 to 3 and on weekends from 8 till 2. The GFBS morning update, you can learn all about the daily dish specials at Moe's Cafe, Cafe, which today is a crispy walleye sandwich with lettuce, tomato, pickles, and citrus mayo all served on a toasty hoagie roll and crispy fries, all for just $11. That's most Cafe in the Grand Cities Mall. Bring a friend for breakfast or lunch. You will love it. Well, welcome back today. Karma Hansen in the studio, along with Jasmine Wangen from Safe Kids Grand Forks for the interview. I always like hearing the latest and greatest, the seasonal checkup for the latest to keep kids safe. How are you guys doing today? Staying busy, that's for sure. Nonstop. We are. In fact, it's a good thing we had this interview because I think this is the first time we've been able to see each other in quite a while. We ha- we are our staff and volunteers are coming and going in a lot of directions right now. Fall is a really busy time, and so Ow. it's fun to sit down and kind of talk about some of the stuff we've got going on. Yeah, I was doing my research uh, over the last day here, just kind of looking at your socials and all that, just seeing what was been going on. I saw some events today, yesterday. You guys are just nonstop, and I, I know before we get to everything here, you know. To keep up the John Roberts tradition, we got to do a segment, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. So are you guys ready for a terrible joke? Guaranteed yes. terrible joke. I don't know, maybe Paul will probably vouch for this too. So I gotta keep, I, I'm keeping it seasonal with autumn. So here we go. Uh, what month does every tree dread? Mm. I feel like my kids probably know the answer to this joke. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I will kill the the suspense. It is September. (laughs) Paul's shaking his I agree. Bad, (laughs) bad. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. So, so much to cover to talk about. I know, Jasmine, we're we're thinking of starting with some of your topics you had on on the agenda for today. I know, understand, uh, uh, was it? Child Passenger Safety Month. Child Passenger Safety Month. Yeah. So, we celebrate it all year round. We're constantly doing stuff with car seats. That's where we see most of the injuries and deaths in children um, is motor vehicle crashes. So if we can use their car seats correctly and making sure that they're in the right types of seats, maybe we can't prevent that crash, but we can lessen those injuries that happen to them. Um, So next week, we're going to really be celebrating that child passenger safety month with lots of different activities going on. So you'll see extra posts on our social media um, and we do extra car seat checkup events also. Um, Kind of jumping back, tomorrow is our monthly car seat checkup at Rydell. We do that the second Thursday of every month from 4 to 7 p.m. You don't need an appointment at all. Um, We have lots of car seats texts that come, and people that come to get their car seats checked, um, sometimes they're brand new in a box, and they have no idea what to do with them. Um, Other times, they're pretty sure that they've got it right, but they just want that expert to double-check. Um, sometimes somebody's cleaned a car seat and they bring us all of the pieces and say, <laughs> I don't know how to put this back together. Um, and so we help them with that. So all sorts of ranges of what people um, need help with. And sometimes we have repeat customers too, that as those kids grow, there's changes that need to be made to that car seat. Um, so go ahead. And I was going to say, I, I, even beyond parents, grandparents as well, or uh, people who have maybe after school nannies that they have to transport in their car. This is the time of year where maybe you're having other people transport your kids after school school. Um, we can teach them how to put a seat in or find one. You know, we had one time a mom who had a great big, huge Suburban, had big car seats, was going to buy those same car seats for her nanny's car, only come to find out they don't fit uh, because her car is much smaller. <laughs> and so our technicians can offer advice on maybe a different smaller option or, or things like that. So it's a good time of year to be thinking about that as well. I know we were talking a little bit before the show. You know, some some stores do that. I saw some stores do like a is it an annual or maybe twice a year event where you can bring in your old car seat for a deposit program. Yeah, Target offers that. Um, they were doing a fall and spring option. Um, I just found out last week they're not doing this fall. So it'll be next April is what we've heard. But if you have a car seat that you're no longer using, whether you're just done with it, it's expired, it's been in a crash, you can bring it in and get 20% off another larger baby product. Um, and so they advertise, I think it's usually a two-week time frame when they're going to do that. Um, you can drop those off at our office anytime if you don't need that 20% off. Um, and we'll hang on to them and bring them to that event to recycle for you. Um, a lot of times people will set them out on the curb for cleanup week or put them next to a dumpster to get rid of. 
And, you know, the person that might take that car seat thinks, yes, I got, you know, a free car seat, Uh-oh. but they don't, they don't know the crash history. They don't know why they're getting rid of that. And so if there is somebody that truly does need a car seat, we have um, grants and funding available that can help with that. So, um, you know, bring them to our office, hang on to them, bring them to Target. Um, or if you are going to throw them, you know, in a dumpster garbage can, make sure that you really dismantle that car seat, cut straps apart, take the fabric off. So if somebody were to try to use it, it's not terribly usable anymore. Jasmine just mentioned we have some grants available, and I do want to give a shout out to a couple of the people that have helped to sponsor some of those car seat programs, because we can do the car seat checks, but if we don't have car seats to give out, if people can't afford them, or you know if their seat is broken or missing parts or that kind of thing, it, it it doesn't do us much good to be at events if we can't help them with their needs. Now, if people can afford a car seat, certainly they can go to the store and buy one, or they can come to one of our events and purchase a seat. If you can't afford a seat, we encourage people to contact our office. We do have uh, some grant funding available through the United Way of Grand Forks and East Grand Forks that will help with um, seats. We also just recently received uh, some free car seats uh, through, it's called Buckle Up for Life, and it's a program from uh, Cincinnati Children's Hospital and Toyota that make car seats available. Uh, There are some screening questions that we do need to ask, uh, but we're able to get car seats into the hands of people. So there should never be an excuse as to why you're child is not riding around in a car seat properly. So please reach out to us. And I think that's some great programs you guys have available because it, those car seats, those are a huge, I mean, investment. I mean, and, and for all the right reasons. So just to have that option available to help out people that really need them, that is awesome. And I also want to make sure too, we'll probably give it a, a couple of plugs here throughout the show, but we'll be covering a lot of ground. I know for a great reference, your guys' social media page and, and website. Uh, do I have this right? Safekidsgf.com. And then for Facebook, it's at SafeKidsGF. That's correct. Perfect. So, yeah, make sure to check it out to keep up to date with all the latest you guys going on. Great resource. So, uh, Jasmine, I, was, there, was there another topic for this? Uh, no, we ch- didn't even get into child passenger safety. I was going to say was child passenger. this week still, yeah. Yeah, this week. So, yeah, child uh, next week going on, right? Yes. So, um, tomorrow, Rydell's from 4 to 7. Um, and actually, Friday will be on the Air Force Base. So if there's somebody that lives on base, um, they're doing a prep your ride event. So they'll check over your vehicle, make sure it's ready for winter. We'll be there doing a car seat checkup also from 10 to 1. Um, and then next week, when we actually get into Child Passenger Safety Week, we've got some extra events scheduled also. Um, we're doing a medication take-back event, which doesn't have anything to do with car seats, um, but it's a drive-through event that Karma will talk more about later, that we're going to be there checking car seats. So you can either just drop off unused, unwanted medications and keep going, or you can get your car seat checked. Um, we'll have you kind of pull over. We'll get those seats taken care of, um, or you can do a little bit of both with that. Um, so that med take-back and car seat checkup is going to be Tuesday at the Hugo's on South Columbia Road. And that's going to be from 9 to 12.30. So that's an option for getting seats checked. Um, while that's going on, I'm actually headed out to Cass Lake. So we're, we cover a large area with our grant with the Minnesota Office of Traffic Safety. Um, so we're going to be there doing a car seat checkup um, from 10 to 2 for the people um, that go to the Head Start or anybody kind of in that community. Guys, yeah, covering a lot of ground. We cover a lot of ground. We, we go everywhere. Thank goodness there's multiple of us uh, in the office to help cover that. Um, and then that evening will be our monthly uh, foster parent series where, that we do virtually. This can be um, foster parents can get credit um, that they need every year, um, or it's also just available for parents because there's never enough information and, and accurate information on how to keep kids safe. Um, so we're lucky to have Caitlin Atkinson with Vision Zero. She's going to be presenting for us with that Zoom webinar um, on child passenger safety. So that's going to be from 6 to 7 p.m., I believe. 6.30? 6.30 to 6:30. 7.30. 630 to 7:30 um, and there's a link on our Facebook page that you can sign up to get that Zoom link ahead of time. One of the things I just want to maybe have Jasmine share about, because we get calls, but I think we could take more calls if there are people who need this type of services, um, working with children with special needs, whether it be in a car or a bus, and just maybe talk a little bit about some of that additional training that we've had and how we might be able to help field some of those questions. Yeah, so we have um, car seat technicians. To be a car seat technician, it's a three and a half day course that you need to go through uh, because there's a lot to know about car seats, and that's really just the basics. Um, There's an additional training that those car seat techs can do for um, special needs, so safe travel for all children in the car. Um, And we have some of those within our office, in the region, um, at All True. 
Um, and so we can help connect you with the right person that maybe that child doesn't fit into a conventional car seat or is there a different type of car seat that we can use to help fit their needs. Um, and then the most recent thing that we've been working more on is school bus safety. That sometimes kids don't always fit on that school bus the way that they're supposed to or need to. And sometimes we do need to put car seats on there or how to restrain a wheelchair on um, that bus. If, if I can ask a follow-up question to that. And I was kind of asking a couple of people, I was, talking, I was mentioning I was going to be talking to some of the experts here today. And just to, just any just kind of general uh, child uh, safety t- uh, questions they had in mind or just to bring up. And one of them was uh, bus safety as far as like coming out for school and all that. And, and, and like, you know, those special stop signs we, I'm sure we've all seen when if you see them residential picking up, you'd see the stop signs pull out if you could touch on that. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that part? Yeah. So uh, this is uh, in October. It's National School Bus Safety Awareness Week as well. Another one of the things that we're working on. And uh, getting kids to and from school is a really important uh, role that each of us in the community play. You know, whether kids are walking or biking or getting on or off buses, we as a general public need to be watching out for those kids. While school buses are big yellow vehicles that are highly visible, um, kids are sometimes impulsive and, and they get off that bus and dart across the street real quick or that kind of thing. Uh, So there are really strict laws around school buses in that if the lights are flashing red and the stop, it's either an arm or the stop sign comes out on the side, traffic in all directions needs to stop. And the reason that they do that is the child, if they're exiting the bus and trying to cross to the other side of the street, um, they need a safe space in front of that uh, bus to get across. And so anybody that's coming, no matter what direction they're coming from, has to stop. Um, and if you don't, um, the driver can issue a citation to the police. So yeah. really important to pay attention to those bus laws. Yeah, I think that that is very important to emphasize. I've seen too many times over the, over the years or, or just, just running or driving around town and people just completely just have no idea. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, no, no, this is important. <laughs> it is. And that citation will be issued to whoever that vehicle is licensed to. So it may be somebody else, a, a teenager or another family member that's driving it. The ticket will be issued to whoever that vehicle is licensed to. Um, we do have some big school bus orange yard signs that if there are areas of town where you see people maybe violating that stopping rule, no matter what direction they're coming from, uh, we can you can contact us and we can go out and we can get some of those big bus signs uh, put in on the berm. Um, we've worked with the Grand Forks Police Department to make those um, just kind of as a reminder to people to stop and watch for those buses and watch for the kids that are exiting it. Um, Jasmine was talking about special needs students and sometimes school buses are a place in which Um, kids need additional restraint uh, from the standpoint of maybe they're really little, but they're riding on a school bus um, or they won't stay in their seat. There are special types of restraints that are made for school buses uh, that are specific to their seating style. Uh, We can help with getting something like that in place. Um, We were out in Fisher, Minnesota yesterday helping a young man who rides on a school van that needed assistance. So call our office and we're there to help. Absolutely. I think that, again, great resource. Call. Uh, I believe I got your for your office phone number uh, starting with 780. Is that right? 701-780-1489. Perfect. Yeah. And I know we fielded a call the other day about, you know, my child has autism and they're getting out of their harness. What do I do? Or my kid is having surgery and is going to have casts on their legs. What do I do? And those are some of the things that our technicians are skilled at knowing how to help with. And if people are listening to this on the go, drive, uh, I don't know, working or, or just on exercise, if, if you missed some of these links here or, or websites or phone numbers, I do have those details all in the description for this episode on your podcast apps and social media apps on this posting there for a nice reference. So definitely want to help spread the word. So, so ja- Jasmine, any, any, any more uh, uh, details for the big week next week there? Yeah, we have two more car seat checkup events besides the ones we've talked to about. Um, we're going to be in Manville next Wednesday. They're doing um, actually a big public safety event at the fire station. Um, so we'll be there doing a car seat check. Altru is going to be offering vaccinations. Um, United Way will be there with their kids' closet. So free clothing available for those that need them. Um, and that event's from 4 to 6 p.m. Um, So another opportunity to get those car seats checked if you need to, just in a different community. Um, And then Saturday is going to be our big event. Um, Saturday, the week of Child Passenger Safety Week, is called Seat Check Saturday. So it's encouraged people all across the nation to do car seat checkup events on that day to kind of see how many seats can we check. Um, And this will be our third year teaming up with Patch on the Point, where we'll go and be out there on Saturday from 1 to 4 
checking car seats. So before you go into the patch, stop and see us. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of a wait. We have car seat techs that are there to help, but if 10 families come at once, there might be a little bit of a wait. Um, so plan for that a little bit. Um, but once you get your car seats checked, each seat that we check, you're going to get a coupon for half price admission to the patch. Hey, that's um, not a bad deal. Right? So you're going like, to make sure your kids are safe and, and get a little discount. Too. Sounds like one of your big, biggest events of the year then? Um, it's usually pretty busy, yeah. Because the, I mean, it's especially if it's going to be nice weather, the patch on the point's going to be busy anyway. And if, if we're not helping anybody, we might try to solicit you that, hey, do you want a little discount? Let's, let's check your car seat real quick. Can't go wrong with that. And maybe Jasmine just mentioned some of the things that are common misuses that we see. And, and you know, the thing is this, four out of five car seats are used wrong. So parents or caregivers shouldn't feel bad like, oh my gosh, my car is dirty or I don't know if it's in there right. I don't want somebody to be judging me. That's not what we're there for. Misuse is very common. And oftentimes it's something really simple that we can do to help fix it, to know that you're transporting your child safely. And so maybe just mention some of the common misuse that we see. Yeah. So a, a lot of times what we find out is somebody maybe got information from a parent friend of theirs that's maybe accurate for that person's car seat. But if they don't have the exact same one, they all have different rules and things that you can and can't do with them. Um, some things that we're really good at, I think, in the Grand Forks community is rear facing um, until at least two years age, of age or past that once they you know, outgrow the weight limits um, rear facing. So that's, that's a good thing because we want to rear face as long as possible. Um, I think where we see more issues is when those kids turn forward facing or in that booster seat mode. Like we're, we're really concerned about them being safe as those newborns that are, you know, so precious. And then as they get older, you know, they're, they're okay, it seems like. Some um, of them are eager to become front seat passengers. Right. <laughs> yes, that's that's one of the many things. We want kids to sit in the back seat until at least 13 years of age. Um, and, you know, I know some really big 12, 11-year-olds that are probably taller than me, um, but it's more so having to do with their maturity level and their bones. Their bones aren't done growing and as hard as ours, that if that airbag hits them, it's not going to have the same effect that it will on us, and especially those shorter kids, that that airbag's designed to hit us in the chest. If they're not sitting as tall as us, that's going to hit them in the face, um, or they're sitting forward, you know, monkeying with buttons, that that's gonna, that airbag's going to do more good or more damage than it is going to do good. I remember my folks were very uh, stringent on that growing up. I was, I was like super, I'm like, Oh, I'm a big kid. I can ride in the front. They're like, nope, nope, yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, other things that we see wrong um, are forward facing, not using a tether because rear facing, that's not a thing. And so people don't even know that it's on their car seat and that hooks around the back of the vehicle seat to keep that car seat from rotating forward when it's in a crash. Um, rear facing, those straps that hold the child in are supposed to be at or below the shoulders. But when we turn forward facing, it's at or above. And kids can grow really quick. So making sure that we're constantly kind of checking and making sure that those are moving up um, as they're getting bigger. I uh, see. Oh, I'm sorry. I see we got a couple of uh, comments in the chat here. Yeah. Um, uh, one, I guess kind of going back to buses, wondering why they don't have seat belts. That's a really great question. It's a really common question as well. There's a couple things. I think that 20 years from now, we're going to be looking back saying, I can't believe buses didn't have school bets, uh, safety belts on them. That being said, uh, buses are relatively safe. They travel on predictable roads, usually during daylight. They're big, they're yellow, they have a high center of gravity. Um, they are vehicles that the seats are designed to be high and they're very padded and they're close together. So it creates something called compartmentalization, where if the kids are sitting in that seat, um, they should stay between the seats and have protection from the seats. Now, where you run into trouble is if your bus flips over that you need seatbelts. Um, it Many years ago, they weren't put on buses because buses need to be very flexible. You might be transporting elementary kids where you can fit three across and then you do a big football team where maybe you can fit one across. And so it was kind of that whole, how do you um, orchestrate the seatbelts in a way that will accommodate a large number of people. Now, that being said, most crashes or injuries or deaths around uh, involving a school bus are outside of the bus. It's those kids that are getting hit because they slip under it or get hit uh, because they're not seen by a driver and that kind of thing. So uh, they're, they're relatively safe, low number of injuries and deaths from them. Do I think someday more school buses will have seatbelts? I do. Yeah, I guess uh, that you know that kind of always boggled my mind growing up too. You know, you always you know the importance of safety belts and all that. But you no, know, I, I I hear you on a lot of the points you brought up and why why they aren't today. And uh, I see one more comment in the chat. Uh, uh, they should have seat belts on motorcycles as well. Here from uh, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, the reason you have a seatbelt is to keep you contained yeah. within the vehicle that has protective mechanisms. Um, and there's really not a lot of protective mechanisms on a, on a yeah, motorcycle. It's just going to make you uh, a heavier projectile. It's going to make you fly at a, at a, with a heavier object with you. So yeah, I was going to say motorcycles. I think that's like a whole different scenario there. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, and then one more comment in the chat. Say, what can you do about kids heads when they are sleeping in the car seat? So rear facing, there's a recline option on those car seats and the manufacturers kind of figured out what that just right recline is so that when they're sleeping rear facing, their head shouldn't be falling forward. Um, If that's happening rear facing, there's probably some adjustments that we need to make to that car seat to make sure that it's sitting the right way. Um, Forward facing, that's going to happen. Their head's going to fall forward. Um, Why we're not as concerned about it when they're older is they've got the reflexes that if their head falls forward while they're sleeping and if for some reason their airway starts to get cut off, their brain knows and their body knows to move and adjust just like we as adults when we're riding in the car and we fall asleep. You know, we do the head nod quite a few times um, that forward facing that that is going to happen. There are aftermarket products that we don't recommend that kind of hold the kid's head back. Um, If you were to use those in a crash, if that's holding their head, but their body wants to move forward, we're going to see some neck injuries with that. Some very potential side effects. Yep. So we don't want to strap their head to the car seat to help hold it upright that once, once they are forward facing and old enough to do that, that's okay if their head falls forward when they're sleeping forward facing. I would also just mention that one of the really big no-nos is letting kids sleep in car seats outside of the vehicle. Mm. Uh, we have a story on our website, and it's called Bye Buddy. And it is uh, actually a family who, uh, the, the grandparents are here in town. The mom grew up here in Grand Forks, moved to Bismarck, got married, uh, had a set of twins. Uh, the, the twins were about three weeks away from their first birthday. Uh, mom took them into the daycare uh, in the carry car seats, set them down. The little girl was awake, so the child care provider picked her up out of the seat and took her into the playroom and mom looked down at her little um, son in the car seat and he was kind of half awake and half asleep and uh, she said bye buddy and he kind of flashed her a half sleepy smile assuming the child care provider would come and get him out next and take him in she knew that kids should never sleep in car seats only in a crib uh, and uh, she got a call at work a couple hours later from a police officer um, saying that her child had been taken to the hospital and that child had been left in that car seat was found unresponsive uh, they were able to resuscitate little Anders but he had was taken off life support two days later and died of brain death. Oh, man. Um, that terrible. being said, as Jasmine talked about, there are leveling mechanisms with the base of that seat or with maybe a foot on the seat that will put that at the proper angle. When you take that carrier out of the base and the child is in it and you set it on the floor, uh, there's kind of a rocker bottom on it and it will move and change that angle and the weight of the child will shift uh, their position. And we all know that little kids have disproportionately large heads. Um, When babies are born, their head makes up about 25% of their whole body weight. As they get older, um, it's less of their whole body weight. Uh, They also have very weak neck muscles. And so when you put them in that rocker bottom seat, if it lifts them up too high, when they fall asleep, their head will fall forward. And little Anders died of what is called positional asphyxia. Asphyxia meaning lack of oxygen. And it was because of the position that he was in. So while you can let them sleep in a car seat, when that car seat is properly restrained, um, to the base in the vehicle, they should never be allowed to sleep in that car seat outside of the car. Sounds like a very important thing to keep in mind there for like just people taking that in. Gosh, yeah, I don't want to have a repeat of that tragic situation there. So, well, and the other thing to think about with that is not even just you know sitting on the floor at daycare, but maybe you have the stroller system. And so you're going for a stroller ride. You have the car seat in there that generally that car seat's going to be sitting level in there if it's you know designed to go together. Um, people don't think to buckle their kids into the car seat when they're using a stroller because, you know, we're not going at high speeds. We're not going to get hit by a car when we cross the street. Um, but really, those straps are meant to help keep them positioned correctly because that car seat's very U or V-shaped and their bottom needs to sit in that lowest spot that if they're not buckled and held nice and snug in that, their bottom could wiggle out of that and then their back falls into it, which pushes their head forward also. So anytime that they're using that car seat um, to make sure that they're buckled in and that it's sitting at that correct level that it should be at. And so, yeah, when once you kind of get to your destination, taking them out of the car seat, not just, you know, loosening the straps and letting them sit there. So many important factors to that. Uh, there, there have been actually stories of children who have strangled by 
by those straps in car seats because they were oh, left wow. asleep in it and they had unbuckled it to make them more comfortable, but the child slid down and, and strangled oh. from the straps of the car seat. Man, so many little things just could take for granted. Uh, what, what, was there any other uh, aspects for uh, child passenger safety week uh, next week going on, Jasmine? <laughs> that was all of our events. Um, if you can't make it to those, though, we do um, at least two a month in the Grand Cities area. Um, so check out our Facebook page or our website um, or call our office, too. Maybe you don't need a full car seat checkup, that you just have a question that we can answer for you, that we're always available to help with that, too. All right. Now, so much more to cover going to go over here with Jasmine and Karma of Safe Kids Grand Forks. We'll have more with them in just a moment here, but right now we are going to have a word, a little video we have for the upcoming Mayor's Back the Badge ride going on tomorrow at the Grand Cities Mall parking lot. Save the date and register for the Mayor's Back to Badge ride on September 14th. Come by the event, join the ride, and come out on the parade route. Show your support for the brave men and women who keep us safe and make us proud every single day. Register your UTV, ATV, motorcycle, go-kart, or even scooter by going to the Eventbrite page or at the Grand City Mall parking lot starting at 4.30. There'll be music, food and beverages, the Rydell Toy Shop will have some awesome cars on display, and there's things to do for the entire family with a 50-50 raffle too. It's the third annual Mayor's Back to Badge Ride Thursday, September 16th at the Grand Cities Mall. Go to the Eventbrite page to find out more. Show your support. Alright, we are back with Karma Hansen of Safe Kids Grand Forks. Jasmine had to take off here. She just a treasure trove of information there. So we thank her very much for coming on to the show today. Yeah, Jasmine does just a beautiful job with coordinating our child passenger safety efforts in our office. We have a couple other staff that are instructors as well. And they, the team just does a really beautiful job. They, you know, attend conferences, they attend webinars, uh, they do a lot of teaching, they really stay current, they know all of the car seat manufacturers, so they can stay current on what the newest technology and seats are out there. And <laughs> Um, they're really, really do a nice job. We do have a grant through the Minnesota Office of Traffic Safety, where we serve as the Northeast uh, Minnesota, Northwest Minnesota Child Passenger Safety Liaison. And so that calls on us to work with a lot of people, whether it be in law enforcement or hospital or public health settings related to uh, car seats. And so uh, we do that. We also have a grant through the state of uh, North Dakota and the Vision Zero program where we coordinate a lot of the child passenger safety efforts as well. And so I'm just so proud of my team and the great work that they do. Just going above and beyond to stay sharp and yep. all the certifications and just top knowledge. Now, as we all know, Labor Day was just last week. And usually Labor Day, that means back to school and back to school safety season. I know that was a big, that's always a big focus for you guys at Safe Kids at Grand Forks. It is. We do a lot of work, again, through a grant we have with the uh, Minnesota Safe Routes to School, where we are in a lot of schools. We've been in East Grand Forks at South Point, and we're going to New Heights. We've been in Fisher. Uh, we were in Monaga uh, yesterday. We'll be in Crookston and Thief River in the coming days uh, doing uh, safety around schools, in which we talk about the four ways kids get to school, walking, biking, uh, on a bus, or in a motor vehicle. And so just a lot of, of, of education that's happening for both the kids, but also for the community. And, and so we really appreciate being able to get on, you know, your show and talk about it because this is something that not only pertains to the kids, but really uh, community members as a whole. So some of the tips that we give the community, uh, for example, if you don't need to drive by a school on your way to coffee or the gym or wherever you're going in the morning, maybe take an alternative route so you're not going directly by that school. Decrease, uh, you know, the amount of traffic that's in that area and, you know, have the kids have a lot less less uh, things to navigate around. Uh, slow down, put your phones down, don't drive distracted, and watch for those kids who may be impulsive. Uh, while we tell them to cross at street corners, we know that a lot of times they're more anxious and there's the school right there and taking off and getting there than thinking about um, safely crossing that street. I, I saw you guys, I, I think it 
that's great that you're doing this. And so many, I was looking up on your social media too, that I saw that you were just recently at South Point Elementary going for the safety around schools and just having that in, that's got to be a huge way for those kids to sort of nice refresher to that, that nice in-person demonstration. Yeah, we have volunteers who come and help us with that. We have the four different stations. The kids come out divided into small groups and we take them around to the different stations. I know I was out at South Point last week and at the bike helmet station, we talk about the brain and the important things that the brain does and how it uh, you know needs to be protected. We talked about, you know, your head is hard, that's your skull, but underneath that is soft brain. Uh, we have a, an egg that we put in a Ziploc bag and we have the kids, one of the kids drops the egg that's just in the Ziploc and the other kid drops the egg that happens to be in a little helmet we've had made. Uh, and they see that, gosh, this egg smashed and this one stayed uh, intact. And so talk about the importance of, of the bike helmets. Um, we talk with uh, about pedestrians and, and being visible, being seen, um, stopping and looking both ways and making that eye contact with the driver uh, so that we know that they see us before we just decide to dart out into traffic. Um, and then you know, crossing at the street corners. Uh, we take them on and off the bus so they can see uh, how to cross, how to evacuate a bus, how to sit on the bus. And then we talk to them about a lot of the child passenger safety things that Jasmine mentioned as it relates to motor vehicles. Uh, you brought up uh, bike helmets there, and I know you guys got your safety on wheels time. And I, I say it was I think it was like uh, today you're kicking off like almost like a tour almost all month long through nine elementary schools. Yeah. Last week we actually kicked it off. We hit up Kelly Elementary in Century here in Grand Forks. Uh, today we're at some schools and we go all the way through the end of September uh, in the Grand Forks public schools. And what we do there is we as Safe Kids go in and we talk about head injuries and bike helmets, the different types of helmets, and we talk about how to properly fit them. And then all the kids throughout the whole school are allowed to uh, purchase a bike helmet uh, if they need one. They can't afford one. They can simply let us know and we'll get them a free helmet. Um, and then we, uh, about a week after we're there, the Grand Forks Optimist Club comes in and they do a bike rodeo for all of the third graders in the parking lot. And so the kids there, they get their bike seats adjusted. They check the chains and the brakes and all that. Um, they'll take them through the parking lot and practice doing figure eights and stops and starts and the hand signals and all that, really kind of trying to pull that off. All together and a huge shout out to the Grand Forks Park District. Yeah, actually, yeah, I was gonna say let's give them a let's give them a crowd clap here. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that is so cool that uh, you're, that you guys are doing that because uh, and I remember reading re- articles earlier this year saying for relating to bike safety, saying helmet use has been increasing exponentially compared to as recently as a decade ago. It has. Um, helmets are 85% effective in preventing head injuries uh, for people. And what I always say is that to the to the kids or even to adults that say, oh gosh, I just don't wear my helmet or I wear it if I go on a long ride. And I always say something like, well, if you knew that on your way home from school today, you were going to be in a great bike crash, would you wear your helmet? And they're all like, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. And my response is always, I wouldn't. Because if you know you're going to be in a crash, you don't get on your bike or you don't get in your car. You wear your seatbelt and you wear your helmet because you don't know when the those crashes will occur. Now, that being said, whether you have the right of way, whether you're riding in the proper place or not, car meets kid or car meets bike, car is going to win every single time. And you know, we can fix a scraped up elbow or a broken bone at all true. Uh, fixing a brain injury is oftentimes very complex and can have really lifelong consequences. So it's really important to protect that's, that brain. Yeah, that's a whole new paradigm that I wish upon no one. Uh, I see another comment in the chat relating back to uh, uh, traffic around the school, around intersections, kind of pointing out how South 10th Street by Schrader Middle School is is one of the more ones to be, keep an alert for. I, know, I imagine you guys must hear all kinds of concerns about various school intersections that could use some work. We do. And if people have particular intersections, we'd love to have them call our office to know what the issue is, um, how we might be able to help. We have a really um, good partnership and we we actually have a pedestrian safety um, subcommittee uh, that have members from the MPO, from the city, from police, the school district and things like that. Sometimes it's about getting crossing guards out there. Sometimes it's about flashing beacons. It's about adding stop signs or speed radar signs. Um, it could be a whole variety 
variety of things. And so we'd like to learn more about what that's about. So if somebody wants to email us at safekids at altru.org, that would be great. Or call our office and we'll see what we could do to help. The one thing I will mention is that what we find is that pickup and drop-off time around schools usually lasts somewhere between about 10 and 15 minutes, 11 minutes being the average length of time to kind of dump the school out, all the students, get them in cars and buses and get them on their way. That being said, we have a lot of really impatient drivers around schools. And if people would just back off a little bit, take their time, or, you know, we have parents who will come 45 minutes before school is over and sit outside the school so they can be the first one outside the door. They want dibs. They want dibs. And, and they'll sit there and wait for 45 minutes to have first spot. Whereas if you waited and came at five after three or 10 after three, I guarantee you, you'd sail right in, pick them up and leave because that drop off and pickup time is is quite a short window of time. Just a nice steady flow. Um, I want to make sure to give a, a nice reminder for people. I know you gave the email there to reach out to you too. I know you said people can call your office. I see that number is 701-780-1480. Or no, 1489. Oh, I'm sorry. 1489. <laughs> Got a little dyslexia randomly kicked in there. 701-780-1489. Yep, that's correct. And, you know, as I said, our team is out and about in the region and the community, especially this time of year. We're doing checkup events and safety around schools and safety on wheels and radio interviews and so many things. So if we don't um, answer right away, please feel free to leave a message. We will get back to you. The other thing is, is if anybody needs a helmet or a car seat helper or, or any kind of help that they want, to come by the office, please call first for an appointment so that we can set up a time when we know that we'll have somebody there because we certainly don't want to miss anybody. And while we're located in the Altru Clinic in East Grand Forks, we don't necessarily always have a person sitting there um, at the time. So we we love it when people call and make an appointment with us. Plan ahead, call ahead. I definitely hear you there. Um, I guess while we're on the topic of uh, back to school safety, uh, I, I know one of our topics to hit up today was safety patrollers. Yes. So safety patrollers, many people know about crossing guards, and those are the adults that wear the vests, and they can get out into the traffic, use the stop paddle, and stop traffic. Safety patrollers are actually youth um, students. They might be from a school close by, a high school, middle school, or in many cases in Grand Forks, they're the fifth graders at your school. Uh, I know this coming week, we're going to be doing training of safety patrollers at uh, Lewis and Clark Elementary. Uh, We're also going to be doing training at Kelly Elementary. There are several schools within the Grand Forks community who have a safety patrol program. Uh, and if you are have kids that are interested in doing that, maybe your school doesn't have one, but they'd start one, uh, please reach out to us because uh, we can provide the training and we can provide all of the equipment. Uh, we have a partnership with AAA. Uh, that is a program they have been uh, over 100 years doing safety patrol uh, work, and uh, we can help with the schools getting that program up and started. What do they do? Um, they might help kids get on and off that bus. They might help them get their bikes in the rack. They might help kids get off of, uh, out of cars and get the doors closed. Uh, they might help with having kids showing them where the crosswalks are. A lot of things that they can do those help um, like, to help the younger kids at the school. Yeah, it sounds like they go hand in hand with what you were saying a little earlier about keeping that flow of traffic going as quick and, and or not as quick, but as efficient as, pos- as yep. possible there when so people don't have to worry about being there forever and ever for dropping their kids or picking them up from school. Absolutely. Now, I, I see also a, another one of our topics. You know, it's autumn coming up here, too. Another, also autumn, you know, you get in October. That means Halloween's coming up here, too. So Halloween safety. I imagine that's a whole new ballpark of safety tips and concerns to keep in mind. Yeah, it is. And, you know, a lot of... If you go back in history, you'll hear a lot of people talk about, oh, tampered candy or tainted candy. The reality of it is, is most of those have proven to be hoaxes. Uh, Not saying it doesn't ever happen, but it's a hoax most of the time. That being said, what the people really need to keep their eye on as it relates to Halloween safety is pedestrian incidents. Uh, Kids are twice as likely to be hit on Halloween than any other day of the year. And so what are you buying for Halloween costumes? Don't get the all black. Get something that's got color on it. Get um, reflective material, whether that's a, a 
a, a slap wrap band or the glow sticks that you put both on the front or the back, a flashlight, um, some type of, of reflective tape on the clothes. Find a costume that is not all black. Also think about using face paint rather than a mask. A mask, oftentimes the holes are very small and you can only see in front of you and it obstructs that peripheral vision. So as you're out picking out costumes, think about face paint instead of masks and think about uh, reflectivity or visibility of those costumes. And then really talk to kids about crossing at street corners, not mid-block. And better yet, think about uh, venues that maybe do a trick or treat or a trunk or treat or something like that rather than going house to house. And that that seems to be I mean, I understand the the tradition a lot of people being growing up and I, I I'm nostalgic for it too. Uh for the you know, house to house uh neighborhood trick or treating and or if 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 not eliminating it entirely, at least find a way to balance it maybe so you're not as out and about as much. But it seems like that whole trunk or treating has been really taking off more and more in like the past like one to two decades or so. It has. In fact, at Safe Kids, that's one of the things I wanted to mention. We have on our Facebook page uh, we created an event. It's called Fall and Harvest and Halloween events or something like that. And it goes from October 1st to October 31st, if you look. And in that, every time we hear or learn of another business or service club or community that has a Halloween event going on, we are posting a link to that on that Halloween page. They're not necessarily in chronological order uh, because we put them on there as we find them. But for example, the park district is going to be having a Halloween movie night. We posted that. Um, the pumpkin patches are now open and they're having different events. We posted that. When we learn about a trunk or treat, we put that on there. So it's kind of your one-stop shop for where you can go and find all the Halloween events that are going on within the community. If you know of something that's going on, um, if, if somebody that's listening knows of something, please reach out to us or send us the link and we'll add that to our Facebook page event as well. I know when I was looking at my research over the last couple of days for you guys on, on your social media at Safe Kids GF there on Facebook, that it's just uh, kind of relating it back to Jasmine, a treasure, a treasure trove of information of so many upcoming, I mean, besides safety tips and information, but like you said, Halloween events coming up or other fun activities for kids. So uh, just to kind of get that endorsement from you guys. Well, yeah, thank you. You know, being a parent is the most important job you ever have, and it probably comes with the least amount of orientation. And so that being said, uh, we work really hard to try to be trusted and credible, get information out there for people that's easy to understand, and then meet them where they're at. Don't feel bad calling and asking a question. I know my daughter just had a baby. She's a brand new mom. And I'm sure throughout her day, she's got a million questions about how do I do this? What do I do? Uh, you know, how do I best take care of this, this child? That being said, there are a lot of places you can get information from blogs or websites or radio or TV or your friends or whatever. Some of it is very good very trusted information. Other times, not so much. And so reaching out to people who are going to use research and have information to support why they're making that recommendation or why they're recommending a product or a piece of advice, uh, that's what we try to provide to parents and make it easy for them. Now, I guess, you know, kind of going to, you know, back to school safety and all the things they always taught me a lot in, in, in elementary school, middle school, and, and just family, too, around, especially maybe around this time of the year, too, is uh, fire prevention. And uh, that, that there are all kinds of fire prevention safety tips that I know you guys always are great at, at just ma- making people just be aware of for, at Safe Kids Grand Forks. Yeah, so Fire Prevention Week is in October. It always happens over the Great Chicago Fire that occurred many, many years ago. Uh, and it is a time where our partners in the fire industry do a lot of work going to schools and child care centers and teaching how to, to get out and to be aware and to sleep with your doors closed. This year, the, um, the theme is cooking safety starts with you pay attention to fire prevention. Most of the fires within our community and really within the country actually are cooking related. It's people who leave uh, stuff on the stove uh, that they leave it unattended. They go so and... A stereotypical grease fire, perhaps? Uh, grease fire, yep. Or they have flammable objects that are close to the stove as well uh, that catches on fire. Maybe they leave, they go give their kids a bath, or they watch TV, or they fall asleep, or whatever that may be, and they leave that cooking uh, material uh, unattended. A uh, couple things as it relates to fire prevention that I really want to stress. 
really important is that people sleep with their doors closed. Our homes are made with so many synthetic products that a home nowadays, you have about two to three minutes in order to get out of that home before it is engulfed in uh, smoke and flames. A lot of times people don't die of the, the flames itself, they die of the smoke associated with it. So closing those doors will provide a barrier to the smoke uh, that oftentimes is what kills people. The other thing, uh, if you're worried about not being able to hear your kids and or you know, know what's going on in other rooms, think about using a baby monitor or something like that because those doors really do need to be closed. Make sure you have smoke detectors um, outside all of your sleeping areas and on every level of the home. And then know and practice your fire escape plan. Um, I, I, I know this sounds crazy, but do it on a weekend in the middle of the night, set off your alarms and make them go off and see what your kids do. How do they respond? Uh, if you have kids that sleep right through it, that might be a kid that you need to have in a room closer to you. Or uh, if your kids get confused and scared of the alarms and hide under the bed, you might need to take them to the fire station and have them have a friendly little visit with a fireman who can, you know, come across them as maybe not so threatening or so scary. Uh, make sure that they know what to do and how to respond and that each of those sleeping areas have two ways out. So both a door and a window. But big time fire prevention safety tips. Uh, I, 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 I know also another one of our topics we wanted to make sure to hit up, hit up on today is, uh, you know, as much as I hate to say it and I hate to use a phrase from a popular TV show, uh, these temps are starting to get down in a couple months. Winter is coming. <laughs> but uh, so for, for kids too, especially getting that winter weather clothing is super important. Make sure they're super prepared. Is there any kind of like uh, programs for, for, you know, we're talking about earlier how bike, bike helmets and, and car seats are expensive, you know, getting all the appropriate coats and all that, that adds up to, is there like any kind of assistance programs out there that you can point people in the right direction of? There are. And the first one that I would suggest to people is the kids closet, which is a program of the United way. They are just amazing and outstanding com community supporters, uh, and, and providers, uh, in that they, uh, reach out to people, uh, for support to help with some of their backpack programs or their food programs, uh, things like that. A lot of people will provide support to United Way that they in turn reach out and provide uh, those treasures to low income people who need that type of support and assistance. They have several programs through their office. One is the backpack program, which provides uh, meals to kids for weekends, uh, meals, but they also have something called a kid's closet. And it is uh, clothing for kids and people of all ages in which uh, they'll provide daily clothing, shoes, and as you talked about, winter gear, those hats, scarves, mittens. Um, so reach out to them. Uh, there is information on their website. You can also call their office uh, and they will get uh, supplies and the things that, that people need so that kids don't have to go to school without those hats or mittens or gloves or boots or that kind of thing uh, for our, our tough North Dakota and yeah. Minnesota winters. Kids Closet of United Way. Sounds like great program every now and again too it's weird you bring that up to or not weird but uh uh every now and again you see stories of people braving the those cold weathers or they're thinking oh just doing a quick tr trip out to the car or just to the store i don't need to be outside that long i'll just i'll just grab a quick hoodie for sub-zero weather <laughs> well and that's really common amongst your teenagers i tell you you'll see them walking to school with this hooded sweatshirt on you know, last winter, there was a whole basketball team that they were leaving an away game coming home. The interstates got closed. A lot of the parents got stuck on the interstate overnight, couldn't be rescued, stuck in their car. Yeah, you may think I'm going to go in a heated car. Uh, I'm fine in the gear that I have on, but you never know when those types of incidents are going to happen where you get stuck or stranded, or maybe you get home to your house and your keyless entry doesn't work or your your key doesn't work in the door and you can't get in. So make sure that you're prepared for those cold North Dakota winters. Now, I, saw, I was doing a little more research on your social media, seeing some other things that were coming up. And I see going on through the end of September is law enforcement agencies in North Dakota are increasing patrols for distracted driving and just the so many things we could take for granted for distracted driving, be it, you know, you hear... You always hear about tech, texting, but also things we could like, you know, just uh, not think of being distractions, just like talking to someone sitting alongside you in the front seat or so many other methods. There are, and there are various degrees of distractedness. Uh, I will tell you that 
uh, somebody who is texting on their phone is 23 times more likely to be in a car crash. Um, it is the equivalent of driving well over the legal limit of alcohol. So texting and driving is something that is a huge focus for law enforcement this month. Uh, that being said, they're watching for it all the time. It's illegal all the time, but they're paying special attention to that here in the month of September. I know a couple weeks ago, they did an enforcement campaign about seatbelt use. Uh, and as we've talked about before on this show, uh, we recently passed a primary belt law in North Dakota that requires all occupants of the vehicle, both front seat and back seat, to have a seatbelt on. Um, whether they're adults or kids. And if you're not wearing that seatbelt, law enforcement can pull you over uh, for that. And they, they watch for that uh, routinely, but had a special campaign a couple weeks ago. Now they're focusing on distracted driving. So put those phones down, pay attention, um, and, and watch for, you know, somebody that might be on a bike or walking or a car that has suddenly stopped in front of you that you didn't know. Uh, and let's all make our roads safer. And I saw on your social media on Facebook that uh, your website has that the post for the distracted driving has a great link to visionzero.nd.gov. That website has all kinds of strategies and tips to avoid or greatly reduce uh, being distracted by phones by like putting in the glove box. Or I'm sure we've all got this message from friends. We know some people do this where they te- you text or call people, they'll be auto ignored. You'll get that auto yep. text response back saying, Oh, I'm driving, I'll get back to you later. Yep. Yeah. Or just put it across the, the vehicle from you. Uh, put it in your trunk, put it in your back seat, do something to, uh, to, to, to minimize that distraction, put it on silent, then you won't hear it ding and be tempted to pick it up. Uh, and then again, uh, especially in those school zones where kids are really unpredictable, uh, staying off that phone, uh, putting it down, not texting uh, and watching for those kids. Now, I know we're kind of winding down. A few more last questions for you. Is there anything we missed at all that we want to make sure to go over? I do want to talk about a couple other things. Uh, we do, Jasmine mentioned briefly, the car seat check that we're having next week is a part of the medication take-back event. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We do the medication take-back events uh, as a drive-through event three times a year uh, with All True Health System and the Grand Forks Sheriff's Department, where we set up at the parking lot right along Columbia Road, right by Perkins, and you can simply drive through, hand your meds out, and we will take them away and have them properly disposed of. We do that as a way to raise awareness about the fact that any medications, be it over-the-counter or prescription, that are in your home that are not needed, get rid of them. Um, Medications have become the leading cause of poisoning for children. And so if you don't need to have medications in your dorm room, your car, your purse, your house, um, just get rid of them. Um, We don't want them flushed down the toilet. Um, They get into the water system. Uh, so instead, we want them either dropped off at a permanent spot, which are, the, for example, the pharmacies um, or the, the Grand Forks uh, Sheriff's Department downtown, East Grand Forks Sheriff's uh, or uh, Police Department or the UNDPD. Um, it's like a mailbox and you simply open the thing, you drop the meds in and they so take them like, away and incinerate them. So in case there's people paranoid out there, the way that it sounds like a great system they got for this. So it's like, hey, no questions asked. Yep. Great way that these are being properly disposed of here. <laughs> yep. You don't even need to see an officer. You just simply put it in like you'd put an envelope in a mailbox. Um, our event that's next week is drive through, uh, and that will be, uh, held at the Hugo's parking lot. And I believe it's eight thirty to 1230, but I, 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 be, I better send you to our website so just to all, check. All Hugos? Or nope, ones? just the one on Columbia Road. Columbia Road? Yep. We are doing a challenge with this event. We are working with the uh, local coffee shops in town. They are passing out flyers. We Our goal is to collect 200 pounds of medications at next week's event. Wow. Uh, so when you come through, uh, you'll put them in a big bin, and at the end of the day, we'll, we'll weigh the bin. Throughout the day, we'll be providing kind of a, a tally of where we're at in reaching that 200 pound goal. So we'll take pills, patches, ointments, creams, any any kind of medication. Uh, we'll take them and get them disposed of. Real-time uh, scaling tracker. <laughs> That's so cool. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's that's going on. You said next week then, right? It, it is on Tuesday the the nineteenth, and I, like I said, I think it's eight thirty to twelve thirty. But you might want to double check on our website just to be sure that I gave you the right time. Also on our social media page, we would have that. And then one other thing I want to mention is um, the Metropolitan Planning Organization periodically does updates to Safe Routes to School maps, and we talked about kids getting to and from school, uh, and there are maps that are put together that show signage or where there's bike lanes or things like that, that they update those periodically and they can be downloaded from the MPO site. Those recently just had a huge overhaul. Um, those maps, it might not take you the shortest route to, for kids to get to school, but the safest based on speed and where there's beacons, where there's crosswalks, where there's stop signs, um, where there's less lanes of traffic. And so there are maps for all of the schools in Grand Forks and East Grand Forks, and you can download those on the MPO website or on our Safe Kids website under Pedestrian. And safety. So yeah, there you go. So either the Safe Kids website at uh, safekidsgf.com, correct? That's correct. Yep, and there you go. So yeah, I'll make sure to have those links too in the show notes in case people are just tuning in. Uh, so anywhere you're finding the social media or podcast posts here, if you look in the show notes or the, the online description, you'll find your guys' website, phone number, social media information there for easy access just to find all the kind of things we touched on today. So any other things to touch on before we wrap up here? You no, know, no. I, I we've got a lot of stuff coming up. School bus safety is coming up. Uh, we've got baby safety month through September. We're going to be having a lot of social media images out about that and education. Uh, uh, October is SIDS Awareness Month. We'll be doing a lot on safe sleep during that month. The biggest thing I would say is this: like us on Facebook at Safe Kids Grand Forks. And then the other thing I would encourage: go to our website that's safekidsgf.com, and along the right hand side, um, you can sign up for our newsletter. And we publish those summer, winter, spring, and fall. We're going to be doing another fall one right before Halloween. But it's a great uh, way to get our information sent right to your inbox. Yeah, it could be so hard to follow the habit of checking uh, websites frequently or making part of your regular online rotation of viewings. I think that newsletter option is a great way to have that email reminder. Yeah, and it comes right to your email. That way it's got links right in it. So if you want to sign up for a class, we've got babysitting classes. We've got safe at home alone classes. We've got the parenting classes. It'll send you to a link that'll take you right to the page where you can register uh, or get more information about those things. Well, Karma Hansen. Thank you so much again. So much knowledge for the upcoming back-to-school fall winter seasons here. Uh, yeah. So there you go, safekidsgf.com, Facebook at safekidsgf, or call 701-780-1480, or excuse me, 1489. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Yep, that's right. And we just really want to thank GFBS. You guys are a great partner of ours in helping to get this information out. Um, our tagline is keeping kids safe at home, at school, at play, and on the way. And it's a yearly thing. doesn't matter whether it's snowing or the leaves are falling or the sun is shining. There's always a topic and something that we have to share about really trying to make parents' jobs a little bit easier. I cannot agree with you anymore. So, Karma Hansen, thank you so much for your time and joining us today. Thank you, and thanks to all the listeners. All right, before we wrap things up for the day, we're going to have some closing words from our friends at Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right, coming up tomorrow on Grand Fork's Best Source is River City Speedway presents Dirty Thursday at 11 a.m. with race saver sprint driver Andy Paik joining the Bullring Boys to preview this Friday's All Sprint Night, the season, the season closer at River City Speedway. What a way to go out to end the season. Find out to get your authoritative preview by tuning in to Dirty Thursday tomorrow on GFBS Live with your questions and comments at 11 a.m. <laughs> Thanks again to today's sponsors at Executive Properties, Mayor's Back the Badge Ride, and Moe's Cafe. And thank you to producer Paul in the booth. 
Remember to like, share, tag, subscribe, follow GFBS on all the social media and podcast apps and to pound that notification bell to get those handy alerts for whenever we go live. It makes it so you can help listen and tune into the shows anytime, anywhere. Hey, remember the Grand Cities are a rockin' place. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.